you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Good to see you this morning on our campus and those joining us online. If you got your Bible, join me in Galatians chapter number 5. Uh, or turn on your Bible, or just a moment, you'll be able to see the big Bible up on the, on the screens. Uh, good to see you. You know, every generation has its own challenges, its own pressure points and problems. Uh, 2021 isn't any different than other generations as far as the world, society, culture. Uh, and we, one thing we could all agree on, there, there, trust me, there's things this morning that we would not all agree on. But we would all agree on that, that the world could get just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit better. The question is, is how? how? How does the world get better? Who makes the world better? We have this conversation in our culture literally every, every day. You turn on your news and uh, there's different news organizations that say, well, if the world did this, it would get better. Other organizations say this. Some are saying things like right now, listen, we just need to print more money and give everybody more money. Don't worry about having a job. Debt doesn't matter, right? And, and just give people money. Some people say, listen, the problem in the world is, is, is all this college debt. So we just need to erase all of the college debt that's out there, right? People we know that there are problems in our world. We, we all would agree that our world could get, needs to get better. The question this morning is, well, how? How do you make the world better? Who can step into this thing we call the world, what we call life, and make it, it better? Eric Blair, when he died in 1950, uh, he had no idea when he penned, and you know Eric Blair as George Orwell, had no idea that 1984 would really begin looking like 2021. As far as society and culture and decisions that were being made, and this, this question that's been asked all throughout the generation, how do you make the world better? All the issues all the problems, all the pressures, all of the injustices, things that we see day in and day out, how does this thing we call the world to get better? How, how, how does it happen? Now, last week, right, we gathered along with millions of humans all over the globe, and we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're like, hey, listen, we've put our faith in this story that there's this guy named Jesus. He's God. He came to make the world better. Matter of fact, Jesus in his own words said, hey, in the world, you got problems, you got pressures, you got trials, you got all kinds of craziness, but don't worry, I have come and I've overcome the world. Jesus said he came and he gave his life to make the world better. But here we are one week after Easter. I still got a lot of pressure. Still got a lot of problems, a lot of things that you watch on the TV screen or you hear on the radio, you read in a newspaper, social media, the tension, the conflict, the injustices that are in the world. 
Jesus, after he comes alive again, he walks and he talks, but then he goes back to heaven. But here's the good news. is Jesus says to the disciples then, and he says to us today, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about God, this triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he says, listen, guys, I've been hanging with you for three years, but I want you to know something. I'm going to leave. You celebrate that I'm alive, but here's the good news. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit who will live in you, who will empower you to step out into this life that's crazy to make it just a little bit better. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus says, I will give you this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He says, guys, listen, he's going to come on you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to infuse God himself. The Spirit of God is going to live up inside of you. And now you'll be able to walk out into everyday ordinary life and be my ambassador. Let people see that life can be better with me. Check out John 14 and 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I tell you, we need a little bit of that today. A little extra, little bit extra of peace and our hearts not being troubled. But it's all in connection to our relationship with the Holy Spirit. He says, guys, I want you to know something. I'm going to give to you, not how the world gives. The world gives you temporary peace. Here a little bit today when the circumstances and the situations are kind of going the way that you want them. But what about when it doesn't go how we want it to be? Check out John in 16. Jesus again saying to us, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, that's the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and what will, he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. See, the spirit of God is the connection, is the bridge from our faith and hope that, yes, Jesus, right? He he was born of a virgin. Yes, Jesus is the Messiah, right? Emmanuel, God is with us with that whole storyline. And then he went to the cross and he died on the cross and he paid the penalty for our sins. But Jesus says, listen, guys, I'm going to leave the spirit. The Spirit of God is going to live in you and guide you. So as we celebrate Easter, we celebrate that Jesus is alive. We celebrate, right, that the tomb has been rolled away. We now get to engage the power and the presence of the Spirit of God who lives in us and guides us and directs us to make this world a little bit better. Now, you got your Bible. We're in Galatians. We're going to spend several weeks looking at uh, what's known as the fruit of the Spirit. But let me see if I can unpack it to you. Now, as I unpack it to you, I want you to become really familiar with the personal pronoun, right? You, talking about who you are. Now watch what it says in Galatians 5 and 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So let me just pause for just a second. To those of us who are Christ followers, understand this. The Constitution isn't your source of freedom. 
My freedom is rooted in my relationship with Jesus Christ. This freedom that God gives us, listen, he knew that people like you, like me, we would be born at different times through history under different types of governments. Our freedom isn't controlled by what someone says about you, what someone says to you, what laws a government might say. Our freedom is rooted in our relationship. The freedom that we're all looking for, it comes in a relationship with Jesus. Now check out verse number seven. And here's kind of the, here's kind of the pressure point where we're gonna lean into. You, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? In other words, you, as a Christ follower, right? You, you're getting after it. You're chasing after Jesus. Like, like you're in love with God. Like the Bible, like things are going, man, I'm excited. I'm a Christ. It's Easter and the tomb has been rolled away. But then you wake up and it's Monday. It's Tuesday. And people discount you because of your gender. Or they look down upon you because of the color of your skin. Or you're not picked because they say that you don't have the right skill sets. This sense of being marginalized in life. He says, who cut in on you? Who, who caused you to become discouraged? Who got you distracted along the way? Well, I'm telling you, wrestle with that. I, I get that it'd be messy. But leaning into that space and beginning to understand, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. We, we, we wanna, I want to know, what, what is it? Who is it? What's kept me from running this race? To having the kind of freedom that Christ came to give us. Now here, let your eyes drop down to verse 13. Again, notice all these personal pronouns. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. And see, you thought cancel culture was a 2021 thing. A cancel culture has been around for a long time. When people don't agree... When people don't say what the, uh, the, the power source wants to be said, they don't post, there's a sense of devouring them, canceling them, controlling them. And this isn't new in 2021. It's not new with social media. All throughout times, he warning, he's warning us that this freedom, and here's the tension, is freedom is always rooted in personal responsibility. And see, we have an aversion to personal responsibility in our country. The moment rights, my rights to my freedom, exceed my responsibilities for my freedom, freedom is lost. That's what you're witnessing in the culture that we have today. We even witness that in, in, in churches. The freedom that I have is not to do my own thing, not to be my own person. The freedom that Christ gives us is to lean in and to trust that God's ways are even greater than my ways, that God's got a plan and a purpose that goes beyond anything that I would even want for myself. Look at verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you, personal pronoun, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desire what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. 
that tension that you feel inside of you, first of all, it's very normal. You got a part of you that says, listen, I want to go over here and do my own thing that makes me feel good. I want to be satisfied. I want to think how I want to think. I want to act how I want to act. I want to feel how I want. I want to taste. I want to snort. I want to sleep. I want to inject. I want to say. I want to post. I want to believe. I want, I want to do whatever I want to do. That's inside of you. That's a part of our humanity. It goes all the way back to the garden. Adam and Eve had a choice. Do you trust God and believe what God has to say is the best way to live? Or do you say what I want, how I feel, what I think, my opinions? And so this tension, the Apostle Paul saying, hey, listen, guys, it's, it's real. It's in you. There's this push-pull tension of doing what I want, what they said to me. How, what, what, how they overlooked me. I mean, what they, I, I, I'm going to revenge. I'm, I'm never, I'm, there is this thing inside of us that we want to control it. But what he's teaching us is if you want life to get better, if you want to have life at a whole nother level, don't try to control it. Let the spirit of the living God control you. The question is, what's gonna make the world better? What's going to make you better? What's going to make you happier? I, I like happy. Everybody's got opinions. Politicians, pastors, priests, parents, in-laws, neighbors, employers, employees. People have opinions about how to make a life better. We want life. We want life better. What's in play is, is how, who, Notice in verse 18, but if you, it's, it's not a given, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Just listen to this and might as well be the newspaper that you read this week. Be the evening news on whatever newscast that you watch. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Debauchery is an old-fashioned word for evil at a whole nother level. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. There is a world way of which you try to bring satisfaction. I just listed it for you. The world right now says, listen, one of the problems in the world are, are, are personal pronouns, that we should no longer have boys and girls. There should be no he's and no, no she's. Everybody just now isn't it. That somehow the world will be just a better place if, if there's just a bunch of it's because we don't want to define anybody by some kind of a pronoun. Hey, listen, some people, some people are agitated about that. I'm actually excited about that because you know why? It's a lie and all the people in the world are gonna look to a place like the church who come back to the truth that you know what? You do matter. God has created you. God has designed you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Let me say something to you. You're not an it. You are a beautiful boy. You are a beautiful girl. You are a great man, a great woman. That value that's up inside, that's not something for us to get upset about. It's an opportunity for us to step in and to be. But the question is, what makes, what's going to make the world better? 
Is it confiscating all the guns or providing even more guns? It, what, what, what's going to make the world better? You go to California, and California says now that there will be better that as long as there's only a 10-year age gap between the sexual predator and the minor, they don't have to register. It's, it's okay because there was only 10 years. So in other words, if you're 24 and you violate a girl at 14, that's not a big deal. But if you were 25, it's a big deal. I'm just telling you, society and culture is trying to determine what will make our world better. Get rid of all, all of the fossil fuels. We're all going to ride our bicycles. We're going to walk. We're going to have our scooters. The life will be just a better place. I'm not saying what is and what's not. I'm saying that right now in the culture in which you live, people are not shy to give you an opinion on what's going to make the world better. I'm asking us the question this morning, what really will make the world better? I want better. I, I prefer better. The question is, is, is what? Let your eyes drop all the way down to verse 22, and this is where we're going to spend some time over the next several weeks. But, in other words, there is, okay, we, Paul saying, listen, I get, there's all these opinion, there's all these ideas, everybody's got, got an insight, everybody's got an opinion, okay, okay, but just consider this for just a moment. The fruit of the Spirit The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. The list that I just read for you earlier, compared to now what God is saying, imagine if this kind of fruit is in our culture, is in your family, is in me, is in you. So how are we going to do this? If you've got your number two pencil, maybe you want to lean, lean in a little bit here. with. So the first question we, I've been asking is, is how do you make the world better? And I, and I had you look over and over at all of the different personal pronouns. And you ask, why is that important? Because he, here's the reason. Is I think we all have a tendency to think that if them people would get their act together if 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 that group or those them democrats those republicans independents if that group if if that if they would get better if they would change how they act how they think how they vote if them those rather than me you taking personal responsibility. See, we all, we all believe. There, I haven't met anybody who doesn't think that the world could get better. I, I haven't met anybody who doesn't think, my goodness, Mark, th- th- things have gotten really, really crazy. But we think this, the reason it's crazy is because of those people, that group, them, where the Apostle Paul wants us to know that it's about you and I taking personal responsibility. Then the question is asked, okay, great, okay, if, if, if I'm supposed to do something about it, w- when do I do something about it? And this is where, <laughs> where we really get exposed. Because most of us would say, okay, okay, I get it. We want the world to be a better place. Okay, okay, okay. I know that I've got a part to play, and I, I want to be responsible. But here's what we do, right? I'm going to do that tomorrow. Tomorrow, right? I'm gonna do, I'm, I know it needs to happen. I, I, I know, right? I, I know I should, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, spiritually. I need to get better, and I plan on getting better, and I'm gonna do it 
tomorrow. And here's the tension, is nobody ever lives tomorrow. You are never alive tomorrow. You are never alive yesterday. You are only alive today. May I prove it to you? So I'm living in this space today, and you say, I know what you're saying. I'm going to make my marriage better tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to love her like when I first met. I'm going to, me and God, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, tomorrow. I'm going to read my Bible tomorrow. I'm going to stop being so critical and being a negative Nelly about everything. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Just not going to do it today. So here's what happens. Is the sun sets on today. You go to sleep, and you wake up when? today because today is now today and you're like I know the world needs to get better I know I need to get better and I'm gonna I'm telling you right now I'm gonna get better I'm gonna stop eating all that ice cream Jose senior I'm gonna get a little bit kinder I'm gonna get a little bit gentler I'm gonna get a little more patient that one's just for a guy named Mark I'm gonna get a little bit more patient right right and I have full intention and so the sun sets on today I go to sleep and I wake up today and the problem is tomorrow never ever comes and now you know why the world got to where it is today is because we have been saying for many todays that the world needs to get better the world needs to get better and we're going to do something about it and we say tomorrow is our day and we wake up and it's today but here's the deal we're human beings we don't do anything today we do everything tomorrow, tomorrow, and it never happens. How does the world get better? When you and I take personal responsibility and we understand right now, today is the day. Here's the deal. Life, your life is headed in the direction of your thoughts. Your life is headed in the direction of your feelings. Your life is headed in the direction of your attitudes. It's not what your mima or your papa. It's not the color of your skin. It's not the church you grow up in, the family or, or your neighbors or your boss or all the things that you want to blame. The apostle Paul leans into us and he tells us, you, Christ came to give you freedom. And it starts when we embrace this personal responsibility. The great value of today, number one, is today is the only day that you will ever live in your life. Not one of you here today or watching online can ever go back and relive yesterday. So sorry, you're not that good. And there's not one person right now who can say authoritatively, I own tomorrow because not one person is promised of tomorrow. The only day that anybody ever lives is today. And do you know when fruit is at its best? It's when it's ripe and it's juicy. And it happens today. See, if you try to get fruit before it's ripened, it's just hard. There's something about, I'm telling you, I love, I love me some banana. I'm just telling you, you can peel a green banana, but my word, is it nasty, nasty, <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty. And listen, I'm all about kind of them really, 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 really ripe bananas, and Linda can put it in her banana bread, but I ain't peeling. You know what I'm talking about, that stuff that kind of looks like it's something else? You know what I'm talking about? 
I don't need to describe it anymore for you, do I? Okay, glad, right? I'm, I'm just saying, there's something about today when it's right. So how do we make the world better? You and I step in. We embrace the personal responsibility that God has given to us. Now let me give you the secret sauce. You ready? Who makes the world better? Clue number one, it's not you and it's not me. If we had made the world better, it ought to have been better, right? Here's the deal. We go back to English class. I know some of you right now are, are, are about to maybe need some counseling. It's about to become traumatic because we're going to talk about parts of speech. I realize we live in a world today where there are no such things as parts of speech. There aren't even sentences anymore. You're like me. I send texts and I just do dot, dot, dot because I'm not quite sure. Is it a period? Is it a comma? Is it a semicolon? And Emily's not around to do my grammar check for me. You know what I'm talking about. All right, so you get there, right? So, but here's the deal. Remember, remember uh, prepositions? Prepositions um, denote relationship, denote authority, denote ownership. Go back to what the Bible says. The fruit of, there's your preposition of, which denotes the relationship. It denotes the ownership. Who owns the fruit? It's the Spirit. So when we look at peace and joy and gentleness and patience, it's not something that I have to try to work out of me that I got to get better at being patient. I got to work at, you know, being more gentle. I got to work at being more kind. Listen, that, that, how's that been working for you? It's about letting the spirit, it's his fruit, his fruit, his characteristics that's in us that works through us, throughout us. Watch this, Galatians 5 and 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, now you've got to make a decision, do you belong to Jesus Christ? I'm not talking about some prayer that you said, okay, listen, I need to pray this because when I die, I don't want to go to that bad place. That's just called fire insurance. I'm talking about belonging to, being a Christ follower. If you are a follower of Jesus, Paul says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified, in other words, I've killed off the flesh with its passions and desires since... We live by the Spirit. So if you don't live by the Spirit, all those things inside of you that keep drawing you away from God, they're going to continue because the only way for that not to happen is to be in the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And then when you cross-reference this whole piece, this gets so exciting. Put your seatbelt on. It's about to get really good. Look at Ephesians 5. Therefore, as a result of all of this, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You want to know what the Lord, who doesn't want to know what the Lord's will is? I, I, people are asking me, what is God's, what's God's will? Well, what would be God's will for America? What would be God's will for making the world a better place? Check this out. In answer to this question, making the world better, understand what the Lord's will is. Watch this. <laughs> I love the Bible. Do not get drunk on wine. And some of you are probably saying, I wish somebody had told me that last night because you're like, hey, I'm glad that you're here. No judgment. You're online. You're like, listen, I would have come in person today, PMC, but I'm just telling you, I was tipping them back a little bit too late last night, right? And so you know, I wish someone would have told me about this before now, right? Do not be drunk with wine. When you're drunk with wine, I am controlled by the alcohol. Before I met Jesus, I was controlled by alcohol a lot. I wanted that to stimulate me. I wanted that to make me feel better. I wanted it to give me the courage. I wanted it to guide and direct. That's why I drank. 
And so the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be controlled with wine. There is a byproduct of the alcohol that's in my body. There is a, a behavior, a certain sense of, what's up? How you doing? What storm? I can, I can walk right through the raindrops. What you talking about? Problems. It doesn't matter. It's good. It's good. Yeah, right? There's a... Man, the body is like, yeah, right? Even, what, even what's normally like, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. That's not thunder. <laughs> that was good, right? And so Paul's saying, listen, don't be drunk with wine, but watch this. I li- <laughs> which leads to debauchery, which we could have a conversation about that. but we won't this morning. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Literally, in in the original language, it's like this. Don't be drunk on wine. Be drunk on the Spirit. In other words, because the Holy Spirit's living inside of me, whoa, oh, man, what you talking about? Oh, come on, man. Well, you know, this can be all right. It's kind of this. this I, I, I've said this about Jose Blanco Jr. When he was diagnosed with the, with the brain tumor, and, of course, someone tells you and your family, hey, we're so sorry, so sad. We know you're only 20, but, like, you got 18 months to live. Uh, get your things in order. Bye-bye, right? And, um, and so they begin the treatments, and then God shows up and, and does, even before God showed up, and he was trusting. I, I would look at Jose, and it was kind of like he was, I, I, I use this term, maybe it's not a good term, he's just like punch drunk. It's just kind of like he's just like, hey, doctors told me that I'm going to die in 18 months. Jeez. My God does miracles. I mean, he would be telling his testimony, he's got this smile on his face like, what you talking about? You're good, right? Watching him do the play up here. It's just like, he, look, you can't, there, you can't, there's no lights on him, there's no cameras on him, but he's just sitting over right now. He's like, he's like punch drunk. Man, PMC's talking about me. Whoa, dude, right? I mean, it's just, there, and, and what the Bible says, it says, how, how do we make the world better? You and I lean in today. Who makes the world better? It is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And rather than us being drunk in wine, imagine if we walked off our campus today and we were filled with the Spirit of God in that certain sense of what we're going to learn of peace and joy and kindness and goodness and self-control. When someone marginalizes you because of the way that you look, or someone says something or does whatever that thing is, there's something inside of us, right? When a man or woman is drunk with alcohol, there's a certain, oh, dude, whatever. What the Bible's telling us, it's at a whole nother level. It's even better. I can tell you my story. Is when I met Jesus in Okinawa, Japan in 86, I just exchanged addictions. Up until that point, I was, I was addicted to alcohol, addicted to sex. That's what I would pull in to try to make me feel better. What I tried to make the world better, primarily alcohol and sex. When I met Jesus and I began to understand, wait a second, alcohol and sex, they're just temporary. 
you, 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 gotta, you, you gotta take a little bit more and take a little bit more and take a little bit more, take a little bit more. It's temporary. But when I pivoted and began a relationship with Jesus, I'm just telling you that I have been on a high. It doesn't mean that there aren't challenging moments. It doesn't mean that there aren't problems and pressures in this. The difference now is I have the presence of the Spirit of God that's in me who now gives me a sense of satisfaction, a sense of being filled that man, no matter what happens around, the presence of Almighty God that's in us carries us through all these pressure points. This is this is good. This is good, 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 good news. So how do we make the world better? I'm glad that you asked. Number one, you have to take, I have to take personal responsibility. We've got to understand that it starts today. We've got to understand that the who is not me. The who is the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the hardest thing I'll say this morning. Here's the pressure point for all of us as we think about stepping out and making this practical in, in our life. The only difference in a world that is bitter, and most of us would agree that the world is a bitter place right now. It is a very challenging, it's, it's negative. We, we get that. A lot of us are grieving. A lot of us look at what's happened in the culture. We look at what's happening in our country, and we're like, we're so sad. It's not how it used to be. I, I, I get it. But the only difference in a world that is bitter in a world that is better is how you and I deal with I. That's the difference. It's not them. It's not those. It's not all the things that we're trying to say that, okay, listen, if, 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 if the politician does this and the world gets... Politicians have been promising things forever. They make, a, they, they make the world a whole lot harder for, for all of us. Oh, if, if, if we could just get, you know, this to be you know, ratified in our, in our community. If we could just get people to look at me this way. We think that the way to make the world better is for something out there to happen. Here's the deal. The way the world gets better is when I begin to deal with I. That's what we're going to do for the next nine weeks. We're going to lean into each one of these fruits, and we're going to look at them from a biblical perspective, how I can grow in this area. And when I grow in this area, I become better. And when I become better, my family becomes better. When my family becomes better, my neighborhood becomes better. When my neighborhood becomes better, Ocala becomes better. When Ocala becomes better, Marion County becomes better. When Marion County becomes better, Florida becomes better. When Florida becomes better, although it's already pretty good, the United States of America gets better. When the United States of America gets better, the whole world gets better. But it all starts with I. There's a story of a businessman. He had had a long day. He came home. Unfortunately, his work was not yet done. On a phone call, he had one more email that he had to take care of. And so he got home, and he had two kids. And maybe their kids' name were Junior and Sophia. I don't know. And they just wanted to play with Dad. But Dad had to do one more email. And Mom wasn't there. And on this particular day, it was storming. And so some of the electricity in the house, so the DVD player and the cable TV wasn't on. So Dad's thinking to himself, what can I do to preoccupy my two kids? And so he's thinking to himself, okay, what can I do? And he notices on his desk, there's a magazine it was open, and on, that, on the page it was open to, it was a picture of the world. So he thinks to himself, self, my kids, I mean, they're only kindergarten and preschool. They probably don't know exactly how the world fits all together. I know what I'll do. I'll rip out this page. 
I'll tear up the picture of the world. I'll put it on the floor and they'll be busy for 20 minutes. I'll knock out this email and then I can get and I can play with them, right? So he puts his plan in action. He tears out the, the page of the world. He tears it up, puts it on the ground. And Junior and Sophia are, are to put the puzzle together and he starts to work on his email. He gets to the very first sentence and they come back and say, Dad, we're done. How does my kindergartner and preschooler know how to put the world back together? What he didn't realize is on the backside was a picture of a man. And those two children were smart enough to think to themselves, if we put the picture of the man together, it'll put the world back together. I'm telling you, I want the world to be better. But it starts with I, with me growing. I stood on this platform one year ago. We were sheltering in place. And I said then and I'll say now, you had a decision to make in 2020. You were either going to go through this pandemic or you were going to grow through this pandemic. Go through is I just want to get to the other side. I want to get back to how things were. Growing is okay. I'm going to learn. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to begin to understand more about what's happening around me and in me. And, and, and you grow and you go to a whole other level. Here's the good news. As I'm telling you, would you dream with me? You, you have a decision to make. You, you can leave today and keep saying, the world would get better if all those people out there would change. If them politicians, if we drain that swamp, if we could vote better, the 2020 or the 22 elections coming, if we can just flip the House, if we can just flip the Senate, flip it all you want the way to make the world better is for a few hundred people in central florida those joining online we step out into our everyday lives and we start working on i i kind i joy i peace i gentleness i self-control i love i if we do the i work And then it moves to your family, into your neighborhood, into Ocala, into Marion County, into Florida, into the United States, and across the oceans. We might just see the world move from a bitter place to a better place. But it all starts right here today. And it all starts whether or not you got a relationship with Jesus. Do you? I'm not talking about some prayer so that you don't go to a bad place when you die. I'm talking about a personal relationship because only those who have a personal relationship, Jesus promised the presence of the Holy Spirit in us to those who are following Christ. And if you've never become a follower of Jesus, I'd like to invite you right here, right now, to begin following Jesus. I'm not asking you to become a partner at Church of Hope. I'm not asking you to change your behavior I'm asking you to believe that Jesus loves you and he's not mad at you. That he gave his life for you at Easter. He was buried and three days later became alive again. And if you really want to experience better, you got to get I out of your story. Because I can't fix your sin. That's right. The word sin gets what's in the middle of it. I, you. 
And so Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sin. Right now this morning, wherever you might be in the world or right here on this campus, would you begin a relationship with Jesus? Have this conversation. Hey, God, it's me. I've sinned against you. And I'm asking you today, Jesus, to forgive me. I can't fix it. You died on the cross. You were buried for three days. and You became alive again. And only you can fix it. Save me. And to those who are just praying that prayer, I want to say welcome to God's family. It changed, changed everything about my life. Changed the trajectory. Changed the way I wake up, the way I sleep, the way I'm a dad, the way I'm a friend, the way I'm a, a, a husband. Everything about me. And I like to help you continue to grow. So here's what we need to do. is more than just a prayer. Your prayer was important today, but now I want to help you grow. So if you would, text the word TODAY to 63566 today to 63566. I want to help you grow. Or online, just drop, hey, I began a relationship with Jesus. Or if you're in this space, use that card that's under your chair or in the chair in front of you. Let's grow together. And if you made a decision for Jesus, your best next step is baptism. Baptism doesn't make you right with God. It shows the whole world that you've made a decision for God and his son, Jesus. And I'd like, I'd like to see you take that step. So just text the word baptism uh, to 63566, we'll help you take that step. Or you can use that card that's right, right at your seat. And then, as you heard Emily say, in just a few minutes, we're going to have growth track. And I'd like to encourage you. We've got some snacks. We'll hold you over for lunch. Um, we learned something in 2020. I was doing something completely wrong as a pastor. Uh, 2020, I embraced that year so much because it just revealed motives. It, re it revealed decisions. I'm telling you, it became the opportunity as an individual, as a family, as a church, as a business uh, to just grow and to get, get better. Um, if you don't feel that way, it's because you've just been trying to go through it and you've been watching cable news too much. But if you chose to grow, grow through it, right? And so one of the things we did wrong in Growth Track is we made Growth Track about how making you a better church partner. And it became spit up in my mouth. I don't wake up every day. I'm not excited about making you a better church partner. You know, who, you know what? I want you to be the man or woman that God's created you to be wherever you go. Why would I want to limit impact for just one day a week on this campus? I want to set you up to know God personally. I want to set you up to walk out in freedom when the pressure's on out here in the world, right? I want you to know that you're not some accident, that you're designed by God and for God, and that God's got a plan for you. So we have rewritten the entire growth track to, to lean in the space of who you are and where you live. And so that takes place today at 1145. I'd love for you to stay, be a part of that. Even if you've been to growth track in the past, it's rewritten, and I really think it would be an encouragement and inspire uh, to you. And then also, when you talk about getting the eye out of me, let me tell you, there's one way to do that. There are not two ways. It's, it's having somebody as your partner, uh, whether that be in a small group. This idea, when, you, when you're going through a tough spot, as humans, we have a tendency, we want to pull up. We want to isolate. The, the adversary wants us to get isolated because he knows he can pounce on us. But when you got your posse, when you got your tribe, when you got your brothers with you and the adversary comes, you might feel there's, there's something about being in, 
in a small group. I'm in a small group. I'm in a small group that meets locally in Ocala, Florida. And I'm in a small group on a Zoom call with, with men all across America, literally. And it makes me better. So if you want to get connected into a small group, use that card. Just let them know, hey, I want to get into a small group. I want to start a small group. And we'll help you grow and go in that. Make sense? So hey, we all want to be juicy fruit in this world. We all want the world to get better. It starts with me. The Holy Spirit's going to guide us. Next week, I want you to invite somebody to come back with you because we're going to start with one of those characteristics. And we're not necessarily always going to go in order. But we're going to start next week with the word kindness. Because I think if there's one thing that we need in our world today is just to be kind. You know what I'm talking about? When your order at the Starbucks line isn't exactly how you want it to be, shut up and be kind. And if you're agitated, make your own coffee at your own house. When you leave right now and the waitress doesn't do for you, whatever, a lot of kind of stuff, just be kind. If anybody in the world ought to be kind, it ought to be Christ followers. And too often we are the snarkiest, meanest, cruelest, unforgiving, judgmental human beings. So we're going to, aren't you, aren't you excited now? I'm giving you a little tease for next week. We're going to learn next weekend what it means to step into this space of being kind. Hey, I like it when people are kind to me. And last time when I talked to Linda, Linda said, I like it, Mark, when you're kind to me. So kindness. God, I love you. Man, God, I love you. Jesus, wow. Your word in 2021 is so powerful and so relevant. In a world that seems so bitter, seems so hell-bent on destruction, will you use your word and us today to let your Holy Spirit work in and through us so this world will become a better place? God, I know that there'll be trials. I know there'll be setbacks and there'll be things said and injustices because sin is still in this world but you've left us here and you've embodied your holy spirit in us so that this fruit can be tasted and seen and how good you are favor these men and women give us the courage to wrestle with i May we all discover being juicy fruit is the best way to live. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Peace.